coming to get you, Barbara. Here's some money. Go see a Star Wars. But I'm trying, Ringo. I'm trying real hard to be the shepherd. Welcome back to Long Walk Talks. My name is David Hensley. I am the owner and creative director of Long Walk Productions, and I am joined today by my two co-hosts, Stan Wilson-Lee. Hello. And Chris Wilson-Barnes. Uh, please forgive any noise in the background. That's the stand of, sound of Stan's che- teeth chattering. Yes, because it's above 80 in the about? south and the air conditioner is on. <laughs> Stan is molting, apparently. I don't know. So. What is this? Why? Why all the intense? Because you are the most cold-blooded person that I know. Not metaphorically. I haven't even done anything about the cold. No. You came in here complaining about how cold it is. It is seventy degrees. Nobody needed to know. I feel like everyone needed to know. So today, you can tell how excited we are. Five people in Norway who live in the cold. You can tell how excited we all are to uh, tackle this discussion. Um, we are going to be wrapping up our View Askew Universe coverage with the 2019 film Jay and Silent Bob Reboot, directed by Kevin Smith. And oh boy, what is there to say about this film? All right, thank you for listening to Long Walk Talks. We'll be back next month and uh, we'll be talking about. Is that it? Oh, did I not tell you guys? This is the whole episode. Well, if you want to reach out to me, I'm <laughs> oh no, we're actually feel. no, we'll we'll talk about this this damn thing. Oh man! Um, so Dave gave get, it five stars, and stuff, we're about to hear why. I can uh, get my stuff out of the way if you want. It's because it's you know which, you know I dig it. So. Yeah, it's uh, it's very interesting where we all fell out on this because Stan loved it. I absolutely hated it. Chris is fair to Midland on it. I'm I'm in I'm in between. I lean toward positive. Yeah. So I think that's where I'm at. It's not that I love and I think it's great filmmaking. Is that I think it's the most positive of the Kevin Smith oeuvre. I don't most heartfelt. I don't know. Coming off at least trying to be heartfelt. Coming off of Clerks too. It's just hard to. It's a different kind of heartfelt, I suppose. It Whereas, really is, and I think it's compounded via, you know, just, I think it's very, very much coming from a place of he's happy to be alive after surviving a heart attack. Right. I can see that. I agree, yes. So much of the heartfelt aspects of his films up to this point had been, like, the love between best friends, and now this one comes along, and it's all about the love between a parent and a child in the most unlikeliest of ways. So let's recap this film real Funny quick. Funny enough, Clerks 2 merges that because it, it kind of involves, it kind of uh, crosses both of those. It really does, yeah. yeah. The love between uh, Dante and Randall and also Dante's impending parenthood. Mm-hmm. So let's with Rosario Dawson, with the ever lovely Rosario Dawson, who's in this film as well. So let's dive right into attempting to recap this film. And I may need you guys. It's pretty to, straightforward. I don't know what you're worried about. Yeah. Well, I may need you guys to fill in some gaps where I just start sighing uncontrollably. So the film opens with uh, Jay and Silent Bob's. I don't know what to call it. Well, they arrest. Opened, well, no, no, no. It's 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 very simple. They opened a, a humble little chicken sandwich store. 
called Cock Smokers. Yes. That is a front for their weed dealing business. Allegedly. Allegedly. Which gets them arrested. And they have and to the go- cops are super excited to finally take down Jay and Silent Bob. Yeah, they're treated like they're international criminals. Um, so they go to court yeah. and they are defended by Justin Long's returning character from Zack and Mary Make a Porno, Brandon well, St. James. I found out that like, they couldn't name who it was specifically because he doesn't own the rights to that film. Yeah, this retroactively makes Zack and Mary Make a Porno part of the Viewers universe, which had I thought about that, we'd have discussed that film too. But oh well, we're but out it's of only, time. It's only that connection, right? I guess so. So... And the fact that I think it's Jerry Robinson who's playing the judge. He was also in Zach. He's it, he is. Well, yeah. So was um, Jeff Anderson and Jason mm-hmm. Mewes. Yeah. That film is uh, oh, right. responsible for one of my all-time favorite interactions. We're just, can we just talk about Zach and Mary make a porno <laughs> instead of this? It's I'm the a scene, fan, so sure. It's the scene where they ask... Um, they're, they're, Zach and Miri are interviewing porn stars, and they ask Jason Muse's character what his name is, and he tells them, Lester the Molester Cock and Stuff. And Zach, uh, Seth Rogen's character, goes, wow, that is a great porn name. And he goes, we can have porn names? Then I want to be Pete Jones. <laughs> that interaction is better than the entirety of Z- uh, Jay and Silent Bob reboot. I agree to disagree. So they go to court, and uh, Brandon St. James gets the case thrown out for them, then turns around and reveals that he is also representing... This Saban. is actually the best subtle humor in the whole movie. Go ahead. What, him uh, walking away from their defense, <laughs> walking around the prosecutor's table, and then sitting right back down? Yes. Yeah, I did love that gag. Well, that that and, and the, the realization that he ma- he cleared their name so that the names Jay and Silent Bob wouldn't be any in, in any current trouble when they take the names from them. Yes, because it turns out that Saban Entertainment, responsible for the Power Rangers franchise. Uh, and actually releasing Jay and Silent Bob Reboot. Yes. The company that is releasing the film Jay and Silent Bob Reboot in the universe of the film has also acquired the rights to Bluntman and Chronic and is planning a dark and gritty reboot. Batman, I'm sorry, Bluntman <laughs> v. Chronic. Uh, and per the contracts that Jay and Silent Bob unwittingly signed, they no longer have access to their own names. To their own names. If you think that plot point is going to be important to the movie in any way, shape, or form, you're wrong. No, it is. it's the whole thing. Well, it's the driving force to get them to Chronic <laughs> right, Con, exactly. but ultimately it's not resolved. No, it's not. It gets dropped 30 minutes in. Well, that's because they like they end up liking the movie. <laughs> is that the ultimate resolution of that plot? Because well, no, the ultimate resolution is Jay going, the most important name I have is Dad. Right. That's it. I mean, there's. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they they work some sort. Of, I mean, if it ever comes up again, I'm sure it'll be like, uh, they work well, some they, sort of. They agree- had a riot, so <laughs> they have some sort of agreement. Maybe for helping save the day, they get their names back. Probably. Well, for a solid half hour, they cannot tell. They make sure that they are not telling people their names are Jay and Silent Bob. Right. They make something up. Uh, then Don after Juan a, and uh, Senor Roberto Silencio. <laughs> yes. After a certain point, though, they just throw that plot point out the window completely and just go back to being Jay and Silent Bob again. But they decide that they are going to go to Hollywood again to stop the production of the Blunt Man and Chronic film again. 
Now, the way Dave says that, it sounds like he's frustrated. That's basically how they present it in yeah. the movie. <laughs> After a lengthy discussion about what uh, a reboot versus a remake, of which this film is neither, the name of the film is Jay and Silent Bob Reboot. This is a straight-up sequel to Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. It is, it is neither a remake nor a reboot. Right. We're just going to gloss over that and keep going. <laughs> Again, search... I, I haven't bothered to listen to any commentary for it. I don't know if I will, but it seems like that's that's like if you, without even trying, that seems like to be the joke. Yeah. yeah. So their search to get to Hollywood leads them to the house of Justice Falcon, Shannon Elizabeth's well, character. We... Well, on the way, they they first uh, try to get there by using a, a riding a rideshare app. By stealing a guy's credit card yes. information. This is after they are told they are on a no-fly list in one of the most annoying scenes I've ever seen committed oh, you, to film. I love Molly Shannon. I love Molly Shannon. That scene is terrible. Oh, really? It feels like it was an, an attempt to be a callback to uh, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles between Steve Martin and, I forget her name, but that actress. This is a really great scene between them. Well, it's also a subtle way for uh, Kevin Smith to take a jab at the airline that made him buy two tickets. Too fat to fly. Right. Yeah, that, right. yeah. Yeah. Because he has a weight problem. A W-A-I-T problem. Yeah. Because he was trying to say, wait... <clears throat> problem they yeah yeah that joke is very over explained yeah see i glazed over well, glazed glossed over that <laughs> i glossed, you were glazed i wish <laughs> uh i glossed over fred armison's character who contributes nothing to the plot well he's just a super nice guy whose business failed because instead of teenage girls loving his tater tots excuse tater me tater, tater, i know what they're called um <laughs> His tater tots with a weird name. It turns out white supremacists love them yeah. for some reason. Yeah. yeah. And so well, it's to make important. the it's to make the clan scene work later. <laughs> yeah. Long story short, when visiting Justice, Jay finds out that he has a daughter. Yay. He knocked up Justice, and uh, he has a daughter. In Clerks too. I mean, in Clerks. I mean, fucking Jay and Silent Jay Bob Strike Back. <laughs> Jay, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. You you are as clear on the plot of this Ooh. film as I am. No, no, I am so sorry. Jay and, and Silent Strikes Back with the whole admittedly <laughs> international jewel thief. Admittedly, I I I I think the logic between him never knowing about him never knowing kind of makes the most sense of anything in this movie. I agree. Pretty much, uh, where Justice was like. <laughs> Yeah, you you were way into your lifestyle, <laughs> uh, spe- specifically you know weed and just being a punk. <laughs> and it's and like you only need Silent Bob. Yeah, and it's like you two are fine doing your thing, and you know like she. And the the implication is is like y- yeah, you you wouldn't have been any in any way a great influence on this kid. No, absolutely not. And she and and if she knew that, considering how kind of dumb she can be at times. She's a very dumb, smart person. Yeah. So the daughter of Jay and Justice Falcon is Millennium Falcon, <laughs> uh-huh. a.k.a. Millie, played by Harley Quinn Smith, Kevin Smith's own daughter, arguably the best actor in the movie. Well, all she had to do was convey annoyance and anger for the almost the entirety of the film. Yeah, and she did it well. Yes. Um <laughs> So when they find out that uh, Jay and Silent Bob, when Millie, Millennium, and her friend find out that uh, Jay and Silent Bob are on their way to Hollywood to shut down the production of Bluntman v. Chronic, they want to tag along to go to Chronic Con. All they know is that they want to go to Chronic Con 
uh, than they want well, to yeah. go to. They yeah. don't know. They don't find out till later that they're trying to stop it. Shenanigans ensue. <laughs> Wonderful shenanigans. Most of which be- between Millie and her friends just constantly outthinking Jay and Silent Bob. At one point, uh, Millie and her three friends get abducted by the KKK in what is probably the best scene in the movie. Again, um, I told you, it was like, I really wish we'd seen more of them getting bested. Not be- just, just mainly because the entire time you see them being snarky and worldly and, you know, having one up on Jay and Silent Bob. Mm-hmm. So this idea that now they're in a vulnerable position because they were, you know, out. The KKK got the drop on them somehow. Right. When it's established right. early on that all four of them carry switchblades. Yeah. That's the, one of the first things they do once Justice is gone with her, with her wife is uh, they pull switchblades on Jay and Silent Bob. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, just, I wish I, we had seen more of that because you see them being hyper capable and you know snarky badasses the whole time so it's like i just to see them get into that position and then finally you know having respect for jay and silent bob yeah would have been more a little more meaningful that way to me well jay and silent bob have to save the day from and rescue millie and her friends from the fucking kkk led by chris jericho led by chris <laughs> Goddamn Jericho. If I had remembered or well, really, I wasn't really even watching AEW when I saw this the Mm-mm, first time. No. This would have been he would have done this mm. right before AEW really started. Yeah. Had I thought about that, we'd have had David Two Dogs Hayes on here and uh, we would just turn this into a wrestling episode. Uh in what is quite possibly his best acting moments in his career, Kevin Smith gives a Glengarry Glen Ross esque speech oh, to the KKK lifts the speech <laughs> yeah uh, to distract the KKK so that Jay can hook up their van to oh, a porta potty and ABD. and splatter the KKK with shit and the most satisfying scene in the movie mm-hmm. oh yeah it was uh, so they get to Hollywood well I mean outside of Kevin Smith banging a, a fast food manager in the bathroom played by his wife yes yeah they get to Hollywood. Of, I'm sorry. Speaking of women pulling switchblades, there's Kate Mcucci's fast food worker who does the same thing. <laughs> to, yeah, to, Kate Minucci. It's, it's Mcucci. I thought. No, I'm pretty sure Minucci. Whatever. It's not worth debating. This. But yeah, she does it. She pulls a knife on him yeah. too in a weird, like, running thing. <laughs> because, well, okay, Silent Bob's new thing is uh, he has a smartphone, so he can communicate better. So what he does is <laughs> tap a lot on his phone and then turn it around to reveal an emoji. A so, single. A single emoji. So when he. <laughs> When he is trying to order for them the fast food place, he's like, I want a vegan option. So his best way of communicating that is using an eggplant, which, as we all know, has a different meaning in emoji land. Yeah. God damn it, Chris. Now I'm looking up the name of the actress. Okay. Oh, God, you're right. Okay. Kate Micucci. Yep. That is... Unfortunate? Unfortunate. There's got to be a different way to pronounce that that we just don't know about. Mm. All right. One half of Garfunkel and Oates. Yes. Um, oh, is she really? Yeah. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. She's also the new voice of Velma on Scooby-Doo. Really? All of those facts are more interesting than this movie. <laughs> so, they get to Chronicon. <laughs> they go their separate ways. I called the Jay and Silent Bob versus the KKK scene the best one in the movie. Honestly, uh, Jay and... Millie, uh, the whole scene when they're about to part ways 
honestly the best probably the best acting moments from the two of them because mm-hmm. that was the moment i'll go over my actual notes here in a little bit well, but they, they it's like they realize oh their plans are divergent and uh yeah the whole the whole thing is that chronicon kevin smith the <laughs> film director who is directing Bluntman v chronic is filming a scene that needs extras and millie and her friends want to be part of it so they go off to be part of the scene at this panel while Jay and Silent Bob are going to try to shut down production. And to the two of them, it looks like they are saying goodbye. And it was at this point that I wrote down in my notes, when the fuck did Jason Mewes learn to act? He is legitimately great in this goodbye scene with her. Apparently, just like in Dogma, he... Well, he showed up to set for this one on the first day, not really having all his lines together, and Smith got into it with him. And then apparently the next day, he came back having memorized the entire script. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I read that as well. Shenanigans ensue. A lot of self-referential shenanigans. A lot of self-referential shenanigans. Before it gets to that, the emotional center of the movie is Jay and Silent Bob finding Holden McNeil. Yes. Ben Affleck returns. Um turns out a great great performance before he jackhammers it into the ground and leaves a bad taste in everyone's mouth (laughs) my god the end of that scene it's literally jay and silent bomb go back to find millie and affleck just fucking makes a whole bunch of ben affleck references no kevin smith made a whole bunch of ben affleck references and, and then in... made him do them well yeah ben affleck will do it for kevin smith yeah i was like I was, wow that was a great fucking what gone gone girl oh god yeah i'm sorry gone baby gone and then the just us league pun that was <clears> great i was like <laughs> I loved it. I'm sorry. Uh, that's the and it was that's... Gone Girl. It was Gone Girl. I he, he he's Gone Girl. Casey Affleck is. Uh, well, Gone he, he directed Gone Baby Gone. He did do it. Didn't yes. He? Yeah. There was a Whatever. town joke too. Yeah. There was a town joke. There. It ends with him well, saying, "Argo, joke. fuck yourself." And, you know, like Argo. <laughs> yes. I was like, God damn it! Way to ruin that, Kevin Smith. Uh, Kevin, Kevin Smith doesn't <clears throat> doesn't want it to get too treacly, but it was a really good up until that point for most people. I, I didn't hate the, the end of it, but I, I, I thought the emotional part of it was great, where it's yeah. where Holden reveals that he and Alyssa have reconciled Alyssa yeah, and reconciled and they're co parenting a, a a kid that he helped that he helped father. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> who they named Amy. Yes, of course, because there's chasing Amy. Yeah, because Kevin Smith has never met a subtle joke he couldn't unsubtle. And then um Jay and Silent Bob reunite with Millie and her friends at the panel. Yep. <clears throat> at which it points out, at which point it turns out that one of Millie's friends, a Chinese girl, is actually a Russian spy. Take a minute to do the math there. Who wants to kill well, Kevin Smith? Hang on. It can work because of how far Russia stretches. There is a large Asiatic population in Russia. You put more thought into that joke than <laughs> Kevin Smith did. Yeah. <laughs> And more shenanigans ensue. There's a fight. I don't even know what to say about it. Silent Bob in an Iron Man suit. Silent Bob finds a goddamn Iron Iron Man suit and becomes Iron Bob. (laughs) 
Uh, Jay he, speaks Valerian. Yes. Uh, and, Jay gives... Uh, and ends it with a reference to the first clerks by screaming, I'll fuck anything that moves. Yes. Uh, the movie just fucking devolves into madness. And the scene literally ends with Kevin Smith playing himself as the director, Kevin Smith, saying... At this point, we should just fade out into the last scene of the movie. At which point, I was like, "Oh my god!" That's not the least of that's not the most offensive meta thing that happens in the movie. No, it's not. That's Loki's appearance. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll get to that in just a second. That's going to be our Tom first Hiddleston actual. Loki. No, That'll which they a... make they make a joke about that too. <laughs> yeah, we'll get there in a second. So the film ends with Jay and Millie and Silent Bob hanging out in front of the quick stop where Jay starts telling his daughter after revealing to her that he's his father of the tales of him and Silent Bob's shenanigans over the years and finally reveals that it's been Jay and Silent Bob putting gum in the yes, locks that of was the my shutters. Fav- that was my favorite thing. Uh, my <clears throat> favorite little bit they did at the end there. Yeah, for 20 years <laughs> they have been torturing Dante. <laughs> And yeah, yeah. So let's go ahead and start the end until it isn't. Uh, yeah. Realistically, we all thought this would be the end of the viewers universe until I went to IMDb to see like, where the hell was Jeff Anderson in this movie? Oh, he's not. <laughs> he probably read the script. He probably read the script. Yeah. And then, uh, he is not, so he is not in Jay and Silent Bob reboot. However, he is listed along with Brian O'Halloran for clerks three. A movie that I will watch, but probably be mad about. <laughs> um, so let's go ahead and jump into our first actual discussion topic. The cameos. <laughs> the overabundance of cameos in this movie. Let's talk about best and worst. Okay. Stan, uh, who had the best cameo and who had the worst? Um, mine is definitely, because uh, we didn't talk about Justice's wife, played by rosario dawson yeah she looks an awful lot like uh dante's wife dante's becky wife, yes and uh so of course rosario would be my favorite cameo and i hadn't realized how small of a role shannon elizabeth plays in this movie so i guess she would be my it would be a tie their their stuff together i think is really is really fun it's really great to see them together and especially justice and to see her and and I'm I was really touched between with her scene but between her and and Jay and her telling her about uh, Millennium and everything so uh, I really love them and then my worst I, I'm sorry uh, I felt really bad for Val Kilmer that that was the only one I could yeah. I I had a lot of trouble I placing. don't he seemed <clears throat> fine I felt terrible for Val Kilmer why. And I felt terrible for Melissa Benoit. I didn't. Why? I didn't she I didn't she was totally into yeah. it. Yeah, I thought so too. I know, but why? And that's why I feel bad for them. <laughs> it was just I was that was literally at least like not even a just a couple hours of filming for both of them. They just popped in. Yeah, did something f- silly and they popped out. I don't feel bad for them at all. Because I love the Lone Geeks. <laughs> Chris, uh, best cameo and worst cameo. Best cameo, I will give to Diedrich Bader. He was. Oh. Yeah. He, he he's absolutely great. I always lo- I love him whenever I see him and stuff. Uh, he fully commits. He's a great voice actor too, which they reference with the Hammers of Justice because he was That's Batman right. and Brave and the Bold, uh, and he's totally committed to <laughs> the, the terrible 
things that they have going on around him. Yes. Uh, worst, I don't, I don't know. Um, huh. I, I don't, I don't, I don't know how to categorize as, um, I mean, I don't think people doing cameos did a bad job. I think, I think probably the most, like, I, I guess cause it was apparently like they only, they had to rush it, rush it in there. I, I think Matt Damon's Loki appearance was not, I mean, he, he did great in the scene is just not a great scene. Yeah. See my best and worst. <clears throat> if you want to name a more iconic duo than Jay and silent Bob, it's gotta be Ben Affleck and Matt Damon. Despite the fact that I hated the way the scene ended. I think Ben Affleck was by and far oh. the best cameo in the movie. And uh, Matt Damon was by and far the worst <laughs> through no fault of his own no. because he delivered that shitstorm. Oh, he, of a he fucking knew it was monologue. stupid. You could tell by his cheeky expression the whole fucking time. No, <laughs> it was around the time that he said re- reborn identity yes. that I was like, I'm, I should just quit here. I should turn this off. Um, <laughs> guys, the first 20 minutes of this movie is probably some of the worst written material I have ever seen put on film. And I've seen a lot of bad movies. The film does not pick up at all until, uh, Jay and silent Bob get to justice's house. That is, that should have been the start of the movie. I I don't know how you get them there without the whole stupid Saban entertainment owns Jay and silent Bob now. And without we're going back to Hollywood but find a way to well, get them to Justice's Kevin, house. Kevin Smith needed time to talk about his feelings about remakes and reboots via Brody. Um, Who was a strong contender for worst cameo, in my opinion. That I, scene was awful. <laughs> also, that scene combined with everything else shows where Kevin Smith's head is at in terms of fatherhood because every major character he had who had kids had a daughter. Mm-hmm. Brody, uh, Brody had a daughter named Banner. Yes. Um, and then, uh, you know, Alyssa and Holden had Amy and there's Millie. It's like, uh, you know, uh, just thinking about my own group of friends, I know exactly one person. No. Okay. I know two people who have sons, Yeah. but the majority of the parents that I know had like an overwhelming amount of girls. It is. It is weird, huh? Yeah, which I'm fine with. Just breed males out of the population entirely. Let the male race die off completely. I think we'd be better off for it. Anyway, that's a different podcast. That's going to bring a lot of more problems than it solves. No, let's just children amend this shit. Women are also terrible. Let's. All right, it's fifty-fifty. But because of men. Also, we we talking about cameos. We can't leave out Chris Hemsworth uh, hologram. Yes. Again, I loved it. Um, I, I should have hated it, it was, but I loved it. No, it was great, and it was funny. Um, I just can't imagine being a parent and writing that kind of material for my 20-year-old daughter <laughs> talking about how much she wants to fuck Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> While the actress beside her is making blowjob motions. Yes. Which we were talking about this the other day. Like, how much of that did Kevin Smith write for his daughter, and how much? Because he is notorious about wanting to wanting his actors 
to stick to every written word. With rare occasions. With rare occasions. But, like, did he let them improv any of that? Because if, if it was me... I don't know. Because uh, I don't know what would be worse mentally, honestly. Yeah. Because it's like the idea that uh, Kevin Smith has sat down and, and wrote material that he knows his daughter is going to perform. Or watching them just go wild on improv and, and, at the thought of Chris Hemsworth it, railing it is the moment. It is the moment where Jay really realizes that, yes, this is her his daughter because mm-hmm. he, she does exact... Oh. And she's dressed... Like yeah. Jay, with oh, the oh yeah. I mean, like the whole point of that scene um, is like she, <laughs> doing the exact same. Oh yeah, by the end of the, that Jay does by the uh, Chronicon scene in the film, her and her friend Sophopia have basically become the new Jay and Silent Bob, right? In all but name, right down to the costumes that they get at Chronicon. Again, we forgot another important cameo, which is uh, they get so high they meet Method Man and Red Man. Yes. yes. The, I, I, they're contenders for best cameos. Yeah, in fact, I'm going to retract what I said about Ben Affleck, and I'm going to go with Method Man and Red Man for best uh, cameos in this if movie. If for no, nothing else, not only just their scene, but um, also, I can't remember, it's, I can't remember if it's in the movie proper, but uh, also because they show in the uh, the outtakes and extended scenes uh, in the credits and, and elsewhere on the DVD, um, it turns out when it's Method Man and Red Man saying snooch to the nooch and snoogans and bong, it works. It works coming from them. Can I tell you how distressed I was when we get to the last scene in the movie of Jay and Millie hanging out outside the quick stomp and there's a close up of Jason Mewes and you see that snoogans is printed across the top of his beanie. I was like, God damn it. Stop trying to make that a thing. Oh, cameos. So <clears throat> this is really like the only uh, other discussion topic that I wrote down. Should this, knowing that there is a possibility of a Clerks 3 and that Kevin Smith has been threatening us with Twilight of the Mall Rats for all these years. I don't think that's going to ever happen. I don't think it will. But should this be the end of the Viewisk universe, Stan? <coughs> Uh, yes. <laughs> I mean, well, no, nope, there we go. That's well it. said. That's the most, that is the most concise and to the point thing you have said in the history of long walk talks. And I support it. Thank you, Stan. Be- nope, Chris. Because, what do you think? Because I'm no. saying like Tarantino, he's, he, he's probably got all of these scripts you know or at least outlines all you know in his desk ready to be done if they are so like the clerks three the uh twilight of the mall rats they're probably Wait, why off. is tarantino writing twilight of the mall no rats? no you <laughs> what i'm saying he's got he's got scripts in his that so he's got like a hundred scripts that will never be done right and now that he's on his 10th film uh he has to choose which one he's doing but um uh, uh but like I think that so I'm not sure I really don't know. But is the uh, Jeff Anderson and uh, Brian O'Halloran is that committed? Is Clerks Three a commit? Commit? No, you can't take IMDb 100% for sure all the time. An excited fan could have put that up for and, all we know. And but. and and there and it's probably if if they are doing it, it's cast already. You know, so it's like it's not like he has to do a whole process of casting. He just calls up some people and they come back and do Clerks Three. Right. But uh, I. I don't know if those are happening and they, they were never in the plan, I don't think, because this is clear cut. And, and and the idea that Reboot even got made was 
for fandom anyway. Yeah. Uh, so I think Clerks 2 was... It should have been the was end. the culmination. Yeah. Um, this was the denouement. I I I love this because I love it, but because I'm just a fan of the stuff, and I'm mm-hmm. a fan of Jay and Silent Bob, and it's like I'll follow them anywhere. And um, uh, so yes, I think it, yes, I do. Chris, should this be the end of the Viewers Universe? Yeah, it's fine. I mean, here's the thing: the view Viewers Universe as a whole, from its highs and its lows, is not something that is that greatly demands a big, respectful send off. It's right. fine because, and, it's, and especially this is fine too. Because if you're a fan of these movies, if you're really into them, yeah, this movie is one big ball of pandering, and it's it's egregious, and it's you know it's just nonstop, and it doesn't end but it's fine it's fine because if you like the views universe then you will then you'll be into this because that's what it is and that's what kevin smith knew it would be and it's like because you look at this movie and it's like this is even if it is a wide release you know that the people who are going to want it are the people who like the views universe for all its you know highs and lows or whatever so it's it's fine it's fine. It's not, it's, you know, nothing is tarnished with this movie. You know, back in, um, I think it was April when we watched Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back and I called him, called uh, that movie his most self-indulgent film. Oh, wrong. It's because I forgot about Jay and Silent Bob Reboot, which is so much more self-indulgent. Well, yeah, because Kevin Smith's in it. <laughs> Twice. He plays Silent Bob and himself. Well, it, and it then can- he plays himself playing, oh no, he plays Silent, he plays Bob, t- playing Silent his- Bob playing himself. Yeah. With oh, laryngitis. <laughs> um, should this be the end? Yes. Sure. Clerks 2 should have been the end of the Viewers Universe. And Clerks 2 is the emotional end of the universe. It, yeah, it really is. Like I said, I was joking, but this is more of a denouement than a finale. Um, just put a pin in the Viewers Universe and finally fucking make Moose Jaws, which is Jaws with a moose, which <laughs> I want to see happen. I want Kevin Smith to tackle moose jaws or red state too no i don't think we need a red state too i think he did red stateier yeah red stateier. state harder um i did have i didn't write this down but um i was thinking about this uh, if clerks three happens or if the viewers universe goes on i think an interesting way to take it might be kevin smith is so close to all these projects like these are his babies mm-hmm. he writes and directs and he is in them do you think it would be interesting to see him kind of take a step back in one direction or the other? So if we were to see another Viewisk Universe film written by Kevin Smith, but directed by somebody else or vice versa, directing a Viewisk Universe script from another writer, do you think... That he clearly would be supervising. Probably, yeah. Do you think that's a concept that could work, Stan? I would... I would venture to say that it would work better if he wrote and somebody else directed. One hundred percent. Yeah, uh, yeah, I um, agree. Because if somebody else wrote it, it's no longer. I mean, because this is Kevin Smith's universe. It's yeah. his words. It's it's his ideas, and somebody else could direct in a way that the editing could do some tightening and some yes. and some framing that he that he's not able to do because he's so connected reverse lucas this Uh, reverse lucas it but yeah but i think i think he needs to be there 
Oh, yeah. sure. Um, there has to be a Silent Bob there um, somewhere in there. I mean, he might not have to. It could be a one scene thing like in Chase and Amy, but the idea that they are there and that it is him. So, you know, Silent Bob hanging out with Millie and Jay for a day or whatever. Well, I'll solve that for you. If he does more, he should honestly just get uh, get the crew back together and do it as an animated special. Yes, or I that. agree. Yes. Yeah, I agree. I agree, too. And um, yeah, have him write it, have somebody else direct it, have somebody who can come in and say, no, Kevin, we don't need this reference. And that way, appearances especially won't matter. Yeah. So long as your voice is still strong. Because ideally, isn't isn't his comic book stuff, the stuff that he writes, isn't that really... I haven't read any of his comic book stuff. No, I haven't either. Uh, All I know is that he's known as the man who made Batman piss himself. But was it awesome? Or no, <laughs> no. <laughs> but no. I've, I've heard he's hit or miss in terms of yeah. comics. But I, I, and I said it before. I can't remember where it might have been. Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. But um, man, it, it's it's like he got he was able to get into movies first because that was the medium he could get into. Um, but so like the View Universe would be. Would have been awesome. Would have been way better start to finish as as a comic series alone, or an animated series alone. Yeah, I think part of the reason this film frustrates me as much as it does, and why I why I have been so exceptionally harsh on it this time. I watched this a little over a year ago for the first time, and I walked away from it going, "Well, I didn't like that." But having just rewatched all of these films back to back. I finished it Monday night going, wow, I hated that. Because watching him progress as a filmmaker, watching his storytelling change and evolve from a point where, you know, at one point I loved Clerks and I loved Mallrats and revisiting them, I was not as happy with them. Up through Chasing Amy and Dogma, which were better but still had problems, getting into the later era of Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, which had issues but I enjoyed, into Clerks the Cartoon and then Clerks 2, both of which I loved, to see that backslide into the self-referential nonsense that this film becomes, it was very frustrating. Um, And it makes me wonder... Would this film, I've been thinking about this a lot since Monday, where this is the Thursday night that we're recording this. So for 72 hours now, I've been wondering, I'm trying to think of a way to word this. I'm sorry. I didn't write this down, but if the film had been all about the road trip and fatherhood and Jay's relationship with Millie without all of the silly side shenanigans, would it have been better? Or if the movie had been all about Jay and Silent Bob strike back esque shenanigans without the Millie father daughter story, would it have been better? Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think the first one, because honestly what ultimately makes me go, I, I don't what makes me not hate the movie is the earnestness he put into the Millie and Jay thing. Yes, same. Stan, what do you think? Uh, I agree with uh the first one uh because I'm coming from the point that I I I really enjoy it. Uh enjoy the film as a whole, but the reason why is because of its like Chris said the earnestness 
earnestness of the father-daughter relationship, well, parent-child relationship as a whole, you know, that is so apparent in the all of the movie. Apparent. And, and uh, apparent, nice, Chris. <laughs> and, You're the one who said it. <laughs> no, but he, he realized... No, no, I take credit. He realized the pun. Um, and Because and, and, I love all the puns in it and everything, so it's like... Um, so there's... I don't hate this movie at all. I love it, and but the reason why is because I'm totally affected by just the just oh, even if it's self indulgent, it's just so loving of their children. Yeah, the children in this movie, in relation to the parents, the character parents, it's just lovely. I think, and and it's like the growth they have as parents. You know, you even get that with Holden and 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 uh, Alyssa's, you know, relationship with their daughter, you know, and it's like Holden's not with Alyssa, but the but the tie that binds them and will bind them forever is the daughter they have together. Mm-hmm. And 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 now Jay has that bind, you know, ha- and that that not bind as in ball and chain, but just that bind of bound bind of love that will carry on you know and will affect him and uh silent bob as well you know and it's like it and 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 yes it's because i'm old and doddering now but the idea that now i have come to the point where because your sperm's I, all dried up and yes, you'll never exactly. sire a child i will never sire a child <laughs> i am airless i am less of air and uh you but, just ejaculate dust at this point. You know, yes. And dust in the wind. You should be happy about that. Dust but in the wind, okay. man. Um, uh, but the idea that... It's like when you the, reverse the motor on a dust back. <laughs> yes. Shut up. God, I mean, not to deflect for a second, but I, to take some of the heat off you, I just moved my legs and I heard my <laughs> I heard leg bones pop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, my back. Oh, um, Welcome to Aging Gracefully with Dave, Chris, and Stan. Oh, Thank but, you for listening. But I, I just... It's I, nap time. I I think that's throughout the whole film, and and it just keeps me going through the whole movie. I those mean, and the dick jokes. Those and the dick... And, and you know I love the dick jokes, and, and, and the fart jokes, and the puns, and it's like... But then the bind, the whole binding of it is the the mother, uh, the the father daughter relationship. The through line. I'm tired of you using line. the word bind. Yeah, <laughs> but but still. Yeah. No, I get what you're it's saying. It's more than just a through line. It's just like solid. It is the yeah. tie. Like I said, the film to me really kicks off when they get to Justice's house, mm. and then that all the way up through them saying goodbye to each other at Chronicon. All of that is really good stuff, and that last scene. With them outside the quick stop is really good, solid stuff. Yeah. But that first it, it, 20 minutes of setup is awful. The whole scene, yeah. minus their interaction with Holden, everything that happens at Chronicon is awful. You know, if we just got, if we uh, just got to the arrest, arrested them without any of the other stuff, you know, with, uh, without, well, Dante getting, oh, not knowing what's going on with all the cops, we can have that. But then just arrest Jay and Silent Bob with all the without all the Silence of the Lambs references and stuff. Uh, even though, yes, I enjoyed it because we got to see it again. But the idea that 
we, I didn't enjoy it because we got to see it again. <laughs> I know, but we can we can cut all that and just get to the court scene way faster. Mm-hmm. Get the reasons why they lose their names and why they have to go to Chronicon. Well, that's and, and that would take you know that would cut ten minutes right there. That's because it's Kevin Smith, and as quick as quick as you try to make him, he's still going to take forever. And, and, he's trying real real fast yeah. to get to that part as quick as he can. Yes. but man, he, he, he and that's why it would work if he had a different director that would you know yeah. be good with the editor saying you know we can we. Can can get to the courtroom scene faster and and still keep Craig Robinson and still keep Justin Long. Craig and, Robinson, that's his. And and keep Justin Long with the uh, Zach and Mary shoot a porno. Um, yes, how can we forget and, about Craig Robinson, the character playing the character of Judge <laughs> Jerry and Execution? I love that just simply because we're going to use the joke, <laughs> Judge Ryan Holt. <laughs> You say we as as if this is ever actually going to happen. But the idea that we it's written. <laughs> Just because it is written does not mean so shall it be. It's okay though, but we use but, um, we use the same joke. <laughs> ignoring that. Uh, yes, please. It was your joke. <laughs> I shook my head no for the record. Um, <clears throat> that makes for great pod. That's why I said it. Um, yes, your thoughts, Chris. No, I just, I, yeah, you're right. I mean, ultimately, Smith would be better served, uh, rela- leaning, leaning back, or not stepping back from having, from taking on directorials and, you know, just, just staying like a producer, executive producer and writer. Yeah. Or if not sole writer, then head writer, you know, he, it's, I think it's, I think it's absolutely fine and perfect for him at this point. To, to be room, yeah. to be the you know to be the the guy where the you know the buck stops here he's the ult- he's the final say but let other people run with it for a while so i'm just going to read real quick through the notes that i took during this movie okay <clears throat> so normally my process when we're when we're going to be discussing a film is i will write down i very rarely take notes but mostly i type out discussion topics right this is what happened while watching this movie <laughs> Number one, I was convinced that the movie was going to be 90 minutes of production titles. There's a solid two to three minutes at the start of the movie that's nothing but like the Smodcast Productions title card. And then uh, there were at least five. Saban. Saban um, Entertainment. I think Miramax was required to get a, a credit for legal reasons. Yeah. Way too many. Then, uh... So Zach and Miri is part of the View Askew universe now. Technically, d- d- subtly, yes. Subtly, but, yeah. But legally, no. Right. Um, wow, watching actors get old is depressing. Mm-hmm. This was written as soon as. Um, uh, oh my God, Brody's character. The name just went out of my head. Uh, oh, that is Brody. Uh, right, Jason, yeah, Lee. Jason Lee. Thank you. Yeah. I wanted to say Jeremy London, and I knew that wasn't right. Yeah, watching Jason Lee. Uh, seeing him in his 50s now is just straight up depressing. It was weird because, he, I mean, he was younger when he played Earl, but he doesn't, but he was supposed to look scruffier and ha- more haggard as Earl, and he didn't really compare to this. You pointed it out the other day. Kevin Smith is the youngest looking person in the movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not, not counting his daughter, of course. Right. Uh, from that same Jason Lee scene, uh, they make a Mallrats reference. 
Then they make a squeakle reference. Yeah, he, he tossed out the word squeakle. And then he talks about Kevin Smith, the film director, and they all turn and look at the camera. And that was the second time that I wanted to turn the TV off. Um, <clears throat> God, I for- an I'm sorry. No, that was the first that. time because my next note to say was- nothing of the promo video that in universe Kevin Smith makes for the, uh, right. The cameo thing, uh, making a 14 year old Christian Bale reference. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, then I wrote the first 20 minutes are some of the most painful I've ever seen. Then I wrote, I don't want to take notes anymore. <laughs> then I wrote, God damn, Matt Damon. Really? <laughs> that was the second time I wanted to turn the film off. Um, Then, how did Kevin Smith convince a Middle Eastern actress to play a character named Jihad? Uh, It's the joke. (sighs) Uh, Then, Harley Quinn Smith, every scene that she was in should have had for your consideration scrolling across the bottom. Because she was acting her hardest throughout the whole movie, and God bless her for it. Millennium Falcon needs to be louder, angrier, and have access to a time machine. Yes. Then, in all caps, I wrote... Chris Jericho? <laughs> um, then when did Jason Mewes learn to act? And then finally, the last note that I took were the only two jokes that I laughed at in the entire movie. Okay. The first is when they are splitting up at Chronicon and um, Jay tells Millie that they have to go and find that fat fuck Kevin James because throughout the whole movie, they confuse Kevin Smith for Kevin James Mm -hmm. and Millie turns around and says, Kevin can wait, (laughs) which was the, I I chuckled and then I felt ashamed of it. No, it's a great joke. The second time is uh, during Ben Affleck's monologue as Holden, where he talks about how when we're young, we all want to be Batman. Mm -hmm. And then when we have kids, we realize that we're Batman's parents. Thomas Wayne and... Oh, right, right. And I don't... I can never remember his mom's name. Look directly into the camera. (laughs) Yeah. That was the second laugh that I got out of that movie, because fuck fanboys. Um, Yeah, I mean, that... uh, Stan, I'm I'm really glad that you enjoyed it, and Chris, I'm glad you did for the most part. I can't feel too hurt, also by the fact that when I got it off Amazon, it was only seven bucks for the Blu-ray. <laughs> oh, you own this? I do. I'm I so own sorry. all of the, I own all of the View Askew Universe stuff because I bought it uh, so I could watch it for the this. Gotcha. It's streaming for free it's on Prime if so, you feel so inclined as to watch. So this. I'm going to be submitting um, some a reimbursement slip. <laughs> That's fine. I'll direct you to our HR department. Wait, aren't you the HR department? I am the God HR department. <laughs> you want to know where the Dropbox is? It's that trash can right behind you. Let's go ahead and put it in a sealed envelope and leave it right there. So I think it's safe to say that draws our Viewers Universe discussion to a close. For unless now. you guys, unless. <laughs> We get a Clerks 3. Stan, uh, do you have any thoughts about Zach and... Zach and me. <laughs> you really do want to talk about I really do. And make a porno. I can't even but, keep but, the film straight. But the thing is, you'll see it again and you'll hate it. You know, even though at the time you watched it, the first time you enjoyed it. But because you're going to be seeing it in these in this sense now... And, after no, all, it'll be fine. It's like... But because that's another movie that I think is totally... Oh, Zach and Mary is great. I love it. Yeah. And it's like, I, we're going to watch it again, and you're going to hate it. <laughs> Can I get some what? coffee black? <laughs> <laughs> you see I'm talking? Someone white? 
Uh, see, I'm laughing. Yeah, let's let's fucking talk about Zach and Mary next. Okay, Stan, uh, do you have any final thoughts either about Jay and Silent Bob reboot or about the uh, Fusk universe as a whole? Um, I, I'll just reiterate how you know I I, I do believe Clerks Two was prime Kevin Smith, and uh, I think that's what he was going for for his universe that he created and the characters that he created for this universe i and 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 i was good with it at that time that that was the end and i fell into jay and silent bob reboot because i just had enjoyment seeing them again Mm -hmm. and then having all these characters that I've come to love or the actors playing these characters that have gone in and out of this Vioscu universe. I just really enjoyed getting back, just like I did with the Bill and Ted stuff. And I know people hate the third one and oh, don't know why they haven't made why heard, they made it. I've heard pretty positive reviews about it. Um but I, I just because you're with them again. Mm-hmm. And and you love that world before and you got to be in it again. It's just like the Lord of the Rings and the difference why I like the Hobbit stuff and you don't, you know, it's like, I just want to be in that world again. And I love the world. So I, I love the world of the VOSQ, uh, verse. And it's like, so yeah, I dug it and, um, I don't need any more, but I'm not going to be problem, have a problem with going back Clark into City. the, into the universe. And I, and I don't think we need to talk about it when it comes out. And no, it's like, Oh my God, we got, oh, that's what I was going to threaten you guys with next. Whenever <laughs> clerks three eventually comes out, no, we'll... don't threaten me with be- a good time. Be- because we, we, we've discussed the universe yeah. and I think clerks three is just going to be tertiary. Like, you know, if they make us a, a, a new set, new nine film set of the star Wars universe, that's not really going to be the Skywalker stuff, or it's going to be an offshoot of the Skywalker stuff. So it's like, yeah, let's have you know, let's have phase eighteen of the VSQ universe, but it's not what the prime stuff that we have yeah. discussed. So. You know, I joked about it when I said I'll watch Clerks three and be mad about it, but as frustrating as I found Clerks on my rewatch this time around, I really do love the characters of Dante and Randall. Yeah. I love uh uh Brian O'Halloran and Jeff Anderson in those parts. You know, the cartoon, the two movies, all of it. As far as fiction goes, they're two of, of my favorite characters. And they le- legitimately have fun together. Yeah. You know, as actors and the what they do with each other is, is, is legitimately fun as actors can go. You know, I realize what it is. The uh, Zach and Mary make a porno, Jay and Silent Bob reboot. The blank and blank blank formula <laughs> is what keeps tripping me up. So now I'm just going to try to think of other famous duos doing blank to see how... I, oh, shit. No, we're done with the discussion. I can't do that anymore. Darn. Chris, uh, what are your final thoughts about the movie and about the Viewers Universe? Um, I I think the Viewers Universe 1 is, is pretty interesting in terms of... Going from movie to movie, as Smith progresses both as a director and gets older, you see where he is in mindset yes. at each particular stage in his life you watching do. those movies. Yeah, right. um, the other thing is, um, what I ultimately like about the Viewersk universe is, is it's, it's, it's not obvious, but I like how optimistic it is. Uh, yes. Because ultimately, the world of the Viewersk universe is a caricature of ours. It's more cynical. It's cra- it's more it's more exaggeratedly crapsack and cynical, and you know, 
a, a whole lot of a whole lot of suckiness about the world is just thrown in your face, and and almost every story Smith has is about everyone um, trying to overcome themselves and find their own bit of happiness in the world. I mean, whether whether it's whether it's the more realistic events of Clerks uh, or the insanely <laughs> insanely cartoony cartoony and meta and self-referential ending that is the reboot mm-hmm. um it's it's ultimately i think a very positive universe yeah i i agree with that i i think it's one of the most positive stuff out there yeah i i agree for the most part i'm i i think i said a couple of months ago but, it was around uh chasing amy that i was like fuck did i make a mistake by picking this for our discussion <laughs> I, ultimately i'm glad we did this i'm glad i rewatched all these films um i'm glad that it's shown me how much my perspective has changed since i was 16 years old you know it's been 18 years since i started uh, since i watched clerks and started going down the viewers universe rabbit hole so my view of the world I was I was middle aged when I started watching them, so it's like, yeah. <laughs> you know now I'm just old, so nothing changed, I guess, because I still think it's hilarious, and I still love the dick and fart jokes, and I still love, like you said, I still love the relationships, the the brother relationships, the best friend relationships. So yeah, it's one of these days I'm going to teach you how to talk into a microphone, and it's going to be a great day. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think that wraps up our viewers universe discussion. Uh, coming up next, there will, is a new... I will say one last thing, which is uh, maybe not irony, but really, really we- a really weird thing to say after saying I enjoy viewers universe, which is as someone who is not a stoner or enmeshed in stoner culture, I could do without that part of it. Yeah. But it's irrev- it's irrevocably entwined into it. Yeah, that's so, just so much part of their characters. Good luck. I, I don't know. know. I, I love that too. Shush. Um... <laughs> But coming up on the 13th, June 13th, we've got another NXT TakeOver coming up, so you can look forward to a new episode of This is a TakeOver next week with your hosts Shelby Ray Patterson and Gina Belmont. And then we are going to try to squeeze in an off-topic episode of Long Walk Tonks uh, later this month, maybe, if there's time, since Mm -hmm. we haven't really done an off-topic episode in a while. But uh, next month, we'll be kicking off our discussion of Christopher Nolan, starting with the 2001 film Memento, 2000 or 2001, I can't remember, uh, before we discuss the selected filmography of Nolan for the rest of the year. And uh, what's the next pay-per-view that we... It's Hell in a Cell, right? Yep. Uh, Coming up, Mm -hmm. not this weekend, but the next... I don't know. <laughs> Whenever there's a hell in a there's a there's hell in a cell. There's a there's a WWE pay per view coming up soon, and uh, Katie and I keep threatening to do more long walk teeny talks at some point. Whenever the two of us can get together and sit down and do that. So Stan, you hate the internet, but uh, if people want to try to reach out to you, where can they do that? I'm at? on the book of faces. Yeah, because I am the only Stan Lee out there. You are the only one left in the entire world. <laughs> Good luck, fuckers. Uh, Chris, if people want to reach out to you online, where can they do that at? Uh, they shouldn't, but if they must, I'm on Twitter at Chris the Okay. Very nice. And uh, if you want to reach out to me personally, the best place to do that is going to be Instagram. I had a guy reach out to me uh, randomly on Instagram, and I was like, "Oh, do you listen to the show?" Yes. Which one? What show? Nothing. 
I was like, <laughs> that was a great talk. So if you want to reach out to me on Instagram, give me a little more information than that. Tell me how you fucking found me, please. But you can find me at DB Hensley. <laughs> Don't just in, oh. don't just initiate a weird oh, rando conversation. We're on some no, FBI no, listen I, list, I think, man. It's like you got trolled by the FBI. Or I something. think I was I came close to getting catfished. I um, know, right? Uh, Yay, catfish! I like it. So yeah, find me on Instagram at db hensley. If you want to find out more about Long Walk Productions, you can visit us online at longwalk.us. You can follow us on Facebook by searching for Long Walk Productions or Long Walk Podcasts to see more of our original work and to hear our backlog of older episodes of all of our podcasts on the Long Walk Podcast Network. You can visit the links in the show notes of this episode. So as always, thank you very much for listening and make sure to leave us a review, uh, a rating and a review on whatever platform you are listening on. Peace out.